Why, hello everybody. So you are listening to the fourth episode of Living with Paralysis. I'm your host, Tiffany Carlson, and this is the episode where we are going to talk about buying a house after a spinal cord injury. And this is something that a lot of people have to do because let's face it, our homes are not wheelchair accessible and and they need to be made accessible. And, and that is the, the issue that we all run into when we become paralyzed because it is so expensive to make a home accessible. And a lot of times we have to come up with halfway solutions until the real home is built. And so I have invited four guests for our show uh, this month. And it's a really long show, so if you don't want to listen to all of it, don't worry, I won't be offended. <laughs> uh, and we will have timestamps below so you can click on the guest you are most interested in. And we're going to have uh, a guest representing uh, the Florida area. Uh, we have another guest representing Pennsylvania. We have uh, another guest representing uh, Arizona uh, in the homes of that area. And we also have a gentleman from the Pacific Northwest talking about buying a home in Seattle. And they all uh, are wheelchair users um, from various accidents. And they're all going to share their house hunting experiences, renovation experiences, and uh, the house hunt. It's just a really good podcast. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. And if you have any feedback, please let me know. Uh, my email is tiffanycarlson at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. So we are joining, I'm sorry, we are joined by Brian Zardar. Okay, no, I can't even pronounce your last name, Brian. I'm going to ask you to pronounce it or else I'm going to say Brian Z. So hey, Brian, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. Interestingly, I go by Brian Z at work um, because people see two Zs and they kind of freak out. But <laughs> it's, it's Zadarazne. Zatarazny, Zatarazny. Okay, and what nationality is that? So that's Ukrainian. Ooh, that is really interesting. I always love learning new, like, last names from different countries. There's not a lot of Ukrainians where I'm from in Minnesota, so that's pretty cool. Are, is your, did your family immigrate from Ukraine to Washington State? No, no, I'm... I'm <clears throat> American through and through going back. It was probably my great-great-grandfather um, who was half Ukrainian and half Italian. Oh. And that's kind of where the name Zadorozny came from. My father was born in, in Philadelphia, and, and so was I. So it was my great-great-grandfather who originally. So it's not that far back. All right. Well, I love it. It's very cool. And thanks for um, joining us. And so, like I just mentioned, you're out in Washington. But why don't you kind of tell me... Your age, you're, how old are you? Um, you're like in your 30s or? Yeah, so I'm, I'm 35. I am um, C5, C6 complete quadriplegic. Okay. Um, I, was, I was injured September 14th, <clears throat> 2002. Okay. Um, I, was in, I was in, oh, go ahead. You're, that was a long time ago. I thought you were more recently injured. So you've been, you've been doing the wheelchair game for a while, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people see me in elevators, and they're like, "Wow, you're really good at that." And I'm like, "Yeah, I've had a lot of years of practice driving my <laughs> driving my man, my uh, electric wheelchair." Yeah. How were you injured then? Sorry to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. So I was in a I was going to school at Texas Tech, mm -hmm. um, and I was in the back seat of a car. Okay. I made the very bad judgment call of lying down in the back seat. I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, and the driver of the car um, was drunk. Oh. And what happened was is that. Um, he went through 
uh, a blinking red light at an intersection. And then the car that had the right of way, the blinking yellow, um, hit on the driver's side rear, which is kind of the way I was laying. Um, ironically enough, uh, it wasn't even a really bad accident. You know, some people have stories of cars flipping and all this type of stuff. Those cars were drivable afterwards. Jeez. My head just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Wow. Um, so, that so, yeah, so I, I went to the ICU for about nine days, and then I was care flighted to Baylor uh, Hospital in Dallas, Texas, where I was um, in rehab for about three months. Oh, man, that must have been that must have been frustrating, huh? I mean, how did how was he getting hit that way by someone like I mean, what were your what were you like emotionally? Like, how did you deal with that kind of frustration around that kind of injury? How would have pissed me off? Yeah, um, anger only gets you so far. I know. Uh, and, yeah. You know, the, the, the guy, the guy ended up going to prison. Oh, he did. Two and a half years. Wow. Um, because the state, um, um, pressed criminal charges against him for intoxicated assault with a deadly weapon. Okay. Um, good. and you know, good. he made, he made a mistake. Yeah. But so did I. Like, I, I can't call myself blameless in that. I went to a party. Right. I didn't make some really good choices. Um, and then after something like that happens, yep. you know, like I've been really blessed in that I have a really good support network. Um, but you either like take the hand that you're dealt and do something productive yep. or yep. you're just angry and, and depressed and don't get me wrong. Yeah. I was angry. Oh yeah. I was depressed. Um, you go through the whole gamut of those things, but you know, I, looking back where I am now, you know, I'm, I'm married. I have a three and a half year old son. I have, my wife is. Um, eight months pregnant. What? Um, That's so cool. I'm in a yeah, I'm in a different mm-hmm. career than I was. None of that would have happened had I not been in that accident. Yeah. 17 years ago. So yeah. th- that's so real, and that is that is the truth of it. You know, sometimes people think, "Oh, geez, man, if I was broke my neck, just call me dead. I don't even want to be alive." And I'm like, "There's a whole life you can still have after an injury." And I try to explain this to people because I've been injured since 1993, and and so I'm totally on board with how you're what you're saying. You know, and so people, it's so so interesting though. I love hearing that you're you're having. Oh my God, you have a baby on the way. Uh, how congratulations. Yeah. What? Thank you. Thank that you. is so great. So, um, when does your when does your wife do? She's due August twenty ninth. August twenty ninth, um, and it's uh, Aria Christine Vetterosny. That's a nice name. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good hotel resort in Las Vegas, too. By the way, super nice. It is, mm-hmm. and it's spelled and it's spelled that way, not like <laughs> Game of Thrones. Okay, not <laughs> copy Game of Thrones. I'm going on record right now. <laughs> oh my God! Well. Congratulations. I'm super excited for you and your wife. So it's great, I think, for people to hear about that, too, especially if they're newly injured. It's totally possible. Did you all have to do IVF or anything like that? Yeah, we did. We had to do a whole bunch of reproductive um, assistance and um, pretty costly. um, But we were fortunate in that we were – it didn't work the first time, but it worked the second time. And then on kid number two, it worked the first time, which I don't know if we just got really lucky um but um yeah so that, we have yeah. to do some reproductive stuff that's expensive we well congratulations yeah. i know it costs it's like it costs money each time you try it right yep oh and yeah. um insurance often doesn't cover most of the expenses they cover like you know blood work and some of the more routine stuff mm. but uh they don't really cover any of the elective ivf stuff wow um, wow well so. what do you do then what do you do for a living brian 
So I'm an attorney with the federal government. Okay. I, wow. um, without getting too convoluted, I kind of do employment law. So okay. I advise the agency on um, collective bargaining agreement, uh, discrimination, EEOC, reasonable accommodation, really? handling personnel matters such as um, disciplinary actions or performance improvement type stuff. Okay. Um, so. A whole, a whole range of different things. So you kind of, so you work for the, uh, like for the state of Washington or for Seattle? No, I, I work for the department, the, the U.S. Department of Labor. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a good job, yeah. right? Yeah. That sounds like a good job. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, it is um, challenging yeah. and it is um, wow. worthwhile work. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, the, the work I do is important. Um, and I help accomplish the agency's mission. That's and so, so cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not my dream job, but we don't really have, uh, not everybody has their dream job, and it, it's good, it pays the bills, pays and the I bill. have good health insurance and good medical benefits. And, See, uh, that's huge. Good, good, good work-life balance. I get kind of like a flexible work schedule <laughs> so I can be around for my kids. See? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very good. I am very blessed. And that's awesome. And that's kind of, you know, why you're probably able to buy your house, right, with your job, <laughs> obviously, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. I didn't just right. walk in with a lot of bills and say, I'm mm-hmm. buying that house over there. <laughs> um, but that's, I mean, that's a very good segue. So yeah. one of your questions was, yeah. Um, when did I buy my house? Where it is? How yeah. did you find the home? Yeah. How I found my home was it's kind of an interesting story. So my wife and I got married in Texas. Okay. And um, we we both kind of agreed that Texas is not long term for us. Okay. Um, <laughs> we had lived there. I lived there for like fifteen years. Oh really? And um, so finally, I I the, the practical person was like, okay, let's each create a list of places that we're okay living, and then we'll compare those and then see where we have. Common ground, and my list kind of was all over the place. Okay, and her list was Washington, Oregon, and California. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, all, all good on the west coast. Okay. So she was born in California. <laughs> she loves mountains. She loves water. She loves oh. trees. And Texas has none of those things. Um, so, so anyway, long story short, she mm-hmm. ended up coming out to Seattle to yeah. visit okay. and fell in love, and she came back. And said, Brian, I found the place. You'll love it. It's perfect. And I'm, I'm kind of more of a cynical person. And I'm like, well, it's Seattle in July. Of course you like this. Yeah, right. It's 75 degrees and sunny every day. <laughs> How about going in December? Like, what, what, what's it going to be like in January yeah. where it's overcast for three months straight? Yeah. Um, so, so we made arrangements to come out again in yeah. December that same year. Okay. And we did. And um, I don't know if I should say this. Yeah. Um, because I think that people who live in Seattle like to convince everybody who doesn't live in Seattle that it rains all the time so people don't move here. Because um, it's, it's super nice. The, like, it almost never snows. Really? Um, either, yeah. Like, oh. I last year it snowed twice. And the funny part is, is that nice. I so you asked me where I live. So yeah. I live in a, in a suburb in Issaquah. Okay. It's about 20 minutes east, east of Seattle. Okay. Um, so you get on the highway and, and drive east for about 20 minutes and you pass Bellevue and I'm in, I'm in Issaquah. Right. And if you keep if you keep driving east on the highway, you'll eventually hit um, North Bend Snoqualmie and that's where the mountains are. So when I asked, you know, when I was talking about snow, yeah. it didn't snow hardly at all. But if I wanted to go snowboarding, I would just drive 30 minutes farther east. 
Nice. So it's kind of the perfect place, right? It's like yeah. I don't have to deal with the snow, but if I wanna if I want to engage in the snow, I can do that. Nice. So that's how that's how we ended up um, okay. pinpointing pinpointing Seattle. That's it. We both agreed. Okay, Seattle is our destination. Wow, I've been to Seattle. It's beautiful, and I'm sure. Do you, if it has the weather? Then have you found that you really fit well in the culture and the town and everything too? Because sometimes it's weird when you move to a new city, and it feels like you don't really fit in. Sometimes you know. <clears throat> I I mean it, that's a, that's a very good question. Mm-hmm. I I'm kind of in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So I, I I tend to be a little bit more of a conservative person. I okay. moved to one of the most liberal states in the country. Um, but, <laughs> you did. but I don't know. I don't feel like I don't fit in. My neighbors okay. are great. That's awesome. I've developed a community. I've developed good, good. friends. And, and I mean, s- truthfully, I try to avoid political stuff and cultural yeah, stuff. Smart. Altogether, from the <laughs> Yeah. Is there a good spinal cord injury community out there of like folks to hang out with and stuff? Have you found that out there? Yeah, so I'll, I'll plug, it's called Here and Now Project. It's run by Kenny Salvini um, and, and Ian Mackey. So there is a separate Facebook group that's not the Spinal Cord, the SDI America one where, yep. I, where, where I connected with you. Oh, yeah. There's this Here Now Project that's mm-hmm. like specifically Washington yeah. SDI people. Yep. So there's like a subset group in Facebook. Um, there's actually a, a barbecue uh, this Saturday, they're they great. have events and they have meetups around Washington. I haven't really gotten out to them, yeah. and I really haven't connected with them yet. It seems like a lot of them are actually in Seattle as opposed to the east side. Okay. Um, so, and sometimes they're like at a public library on a Wednesday night at six p.m. And that's hard so to like, do. Really, yeah. Yeah. Some, sometimes it's hard for my schedule to work with. I'm hoping to be able to go to the barbecue. But, oh, that's, um, that's cool. Yeah. So, so you and your wife headed up to you know the Seattle area, bought your home. Now, when you move to that area, what was your plan? Did you want to buy the house before you got there and have it all set up, or what was your idea in your mind, and how did it end up like end up happening? Because that we always know our plans never end up what you know ever going the way we want them to. Okay, so, so great question. And um, the answer is, is that um, Jessica actually got pregnant with our first kid. If mm-hmm. you do the math, I, I think I've lived up here for about four years. Okay. My son is turning four in October. So what happened was is that um, she got pregnant in Texas, and all of a sudden we are on a clock. Okay. Because I don't want to have a baby and then try moving across the country with a newborn. We were like, get to Seattle, get everything set up, and then have the baby here. Um, so, so that was the goal. Cool. Um, and so the, the first thing I did was I reached out to, I did some research on the internet mm-hmm. to see if I could find some, a real estate agent that um, had some knowledge about accessibility. Um, and I was able to find somebody um, in John L. Scott, which is a real estate agency. Cool. And there's a, a gentleman that like specializes in accessible housing. Love it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, the, like the first thing we did when when we were looking for houses was mm-hmm. I had an idea that I wanted to be in Seattle proper. Okay. Like I wanted to be in downtown Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is is that most of those homes are older okay. and they're built in like the 1940s. So if you're talking about modifying an older home, it's a lot harder because the hallways are more narrow. Yeah. There's a lot more steps to deal with. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I would say is in general, newer homes are probably a lot easier to renovate or modify mm-hmm. than older homes. Yeah. 
the other thing is, and this isn't about necessarily about the podcast, but it was really expensive in downtown Seattle. Right. So that it kind of it kind of priced us out, and so we we started looking north, and then when we were like, well, we're looking an hour north of Seattle. What about an hour east of Seattle? Okay. And so we just started heading out over to the east side. Cool. Um, and that that's where I found a number of homes that were built in like 2000 okay. instead of 1940. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot so that's, better. Yeah, that's kind of like how we generally figured out kind of what what area we were going to be in. That's a, that um, that's that's probably that's generally how it goes, doesn't it? You have this first idea and then it ends up getting moved around. That happened to me when I got my condo. But so your house that you ended up choosing in that east area over there of Seattle. Now, what kind of home is it? Was it a, was it an all like one level? And what you, what kind of renovations did you have to do? Okay, so no, it's not a one level. It is a two level. Okay. And so that's one of the things that, like, if I were to do it over again, like, you know, there are ranch-style homes where everything is on one floor, um, or there are what's called, like, I think they're called, like, sunset basements, or it's where it's, it's, like, built on a hill to where you can, like, walk, like, go down the driveway, and then there's an entrance into your basement. Yeah. Um, My house didn't have a basement. Um, But... The, so let me let me back up just one sec. Mm-hmm. The real estate market um, five years ago in Seattle was crazy, and to some extent, it's still pretty crazy. Meaning that it was a buyer's market; people are moving to Seattle like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I put an offer in on my house, um, I was told that there were two other offers, both above asking price, that were also um, that were also on the house. And this, by the way, the house that I'm in mm-hmm. was on the market for like three days. Oh, my God. So it, it had been on the market for three days, and there were already multiple offers above asking price. <laughs> um, so, so, so the first thing that you like, so I'm like, okay, I can't get a ranch style. So you have to make sure that the master bedroom is on the bottom floor. Exactly. And this particular house mm-hmm. has a master bedroom on the bottom floor. Mm-hmm. It's spacious, and it, it's where the bathroom is. Um, and so... So that, that was kind of my criteria, is either find a ranch-style home mm-hmm. or have a two-level house with a master bedroom that's on the bottom Oh, well, it's a smart idea. Uh, yeah, you don't want to have to worry about using an elevator to go up and down to your bedroom. Yeah, and although I did, so I have contemplated an elevator, mm-hmm. and it's something that other people out there can do. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive. So yeah, it's like, I know. It, it, it requires, like, in some cases, like changing the structure of your home. Um, but I mean, there's there's other ways. Depending on the level of your injury, mm-hmm. you know, there's the there's the things that you can use to go upstairs, right. like attached to the banister. Yep. Those are like lower cost things that you can use. If you're wanting a commercial grade elevator that yep. will reliably get you up and down multiple times a day, yeah. you're looking at like fifty thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? Um, All right, that's no. Okay, I thought. Wow. Right. So, so okay. So one of the things that the other things I did is that um, let me let me just tell you a short story about how I got the house because this is one of the things that I think your listeners might be interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember how I told you that there's multiple offers on the same house? Yep. So what we did was we wrote what's called a pick me letter, and it was basically a letter to the sellers saying like why they should choose us to sell the house to. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I promise you there are 
lots of pictures of me, <laughs> and most of them are my waist up. Mm-hmm. But Jessica, my wife, chose one of the pictures of me in my manual chair with her pushing me. Cool. Um, so I don't normally play that card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But we. Mm-hmm. Like, but in a competitive real estate market, one of the things that we wanted to do is say, like, look, accessibility is a problem in Seattle. Like, um, you know, Jessica's pregnant. We're going to be living here for the next 20 years. We're going to have our family here. Like, this is like, here is why that you should choose us. In the grand scheme of things, yeah. did it work? I don't know. I didn't know whether other offers were more expensive or less expensive, or I'm not sure. Um, but... The real estate agent told us that um, that the letter really meant something to the seller. That's awesome. So um, anybody out there, like, I have no qualms about saying, like, accessibility is hard when you're trying to buy a home. You know, if, if you have competition, then choose that. That's a great idea. I mean, I I know that I know a woman who recently sold her house and she was very moved by a letter she received and it had nothing to do with a wheelchair user, but you can tell that. An owner does appreciate, you know, a nice letter. You might as well. And, you know, using the disability card is something that some people really have issues with. I personally will use it at the airport and some, you know, other places where it's really necessary. I think real estate's an okay area. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to use the premium line at the airport to skip through. <laughs> through right? That's why, that's why it's there. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, getting back to like what I actually did. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the, the, the home had a lot of carpet Okay. and carpet and electric wheelchairs are not friends. No. Um, no. And so I had to hire a contractor to put hardwood floor throughout the entire, uh, bottom floor. Okay. And I had him put it in parts of the upper floor in case in the future I decided to um, revisit kind of a, a, a way for me to get to the second floor. Yeah. Um, on if you're getting hardwood floors, I would recommend um, white oak or bamboo. Okay. Something harder. There's there's a lot of different options that'll work, and you can talk to the wood guy. They typically know what they're talking about. Cool. But if you're going to have a wheelchair that's going to be on it for 15 years or whatever, yeah. Um, you want something that's a little bit harder as opposed to a softer wood that will have long term have like dents in the floor. Well, that's like a I, I've seen. I've seen some homes where, like, the, the person where they park their wheelchair for the night or whatever, yeah. there's, like, indents where their tires are because the wood oh, is off. Oh. Um, yeah. And so if you just get a little bit of a harder wood, then that can be really useful and wear and tear in the future. That's cool. I would not have thought of bamboo as the harder of all the wood, but that's cool to know that. So good tip. Um, so, uh, you didn't want to do laminate, huh? Hardwood is, I mean, it's not nicer, but I wonder, do you think if, do you think if someone had done laminate, it wouldn't have made the indentation? Yeah, I think laminate would probably be a good, uh, a good solution as well. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not a flooring expert. Interesting. And um, we, we really relied on the guy to tell us like, okay, like we're going to live in this house until we're like, I don't plan on moving anytime soon. So, oh, what's the what's the hard wood that we're gonna that's gonna last? Let me get a couple of options. Well, that sounds beautiful. What color? It's like a lighter. You said a lighter kind of brown tone. Yeah, it's kind of like a light straw color that has a little bit of dark spots here and there. So pretty. Um, and so we have that throughout the whole house except the bathroom. Okay. And so there, there's there's two other accessible parts that I would probably mention. Yeah. The first accessible one is getting into the house. Okay. So like that's. Um, like there are steps in the front. And so when we were looking at buying the house, 
Um, there was a couple of different options for getting in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did was I we have like a like a two car garage type deal, yeah. and there is some extra room on the first garage. Um, and so what I did was I took a metal ramp and I did a ramp up to the garage door. Cool. Um, so mm-hmm. and so I have a front porch that has steps. So currently the only way that I'm getting in and out of the house is through the garage. Okay. Um, there there is. There were other potential options that were looked at. There's, uh, they were thinking about doing a like concrete ramp coming down from the front porch. Um, that was going nice. to be made out of like, it, it would have looked really nice, but it also would have been much more expensive. Yeah, really. Um, okay. And so, and as you pointed out, like here I am moving across the country. I have to have all of this. I have to like. I have to close, right. right? So I have to do closing, <laughs> and then I can do all of the renovations because I can't, I can't do any of those renovations until I actually legally own the home. That's crazy. I don't right? know. So you have, mm-hmm. to, you, have to, you have to time closing, mm-hmm. and then I had contractors ready to begin working immediately there cool. um, so That's that smart. by the time I got to Seattle, the wooden floors were completed. Um, and, the, and then the ramp was built into the garage. How about that um, roll-in I, shower, though, in your bathroom? Were you able to use your bathroom when you first moved? I didn't take a shower for three months. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. There's not, like, no, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I, I probably was pretty pretty raunchy. But well, um, the, mm-hmm. the shower, the, so the bathroom I could get into, mm-hmm. but there was a very small shower and a large jacuzzi. Gosh. Um, and and once again, the um, accessibility real estate guy um, had contractors. Now, I, I'm I'm not the type of person that just goes with whatever the first guy says because I don't like I said earlier. I'm I'm kind of skeptical. Well, you are so a lawyer. Yeah. Of, mm-hmm. what, what's that? You are a lawyer. That's kind of your job too to be skeptical. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I so I did some research online mm-hmm. independently of these different people, but. I found a contractor that I that I like, and he came in, and we got um, not an architect, but somebody that could like draw it, and we ripped out the entire thing. We ripped out the shower and the jacuzzi, nice. and we made one giant open shower cool. um, with a hard acrylic base, um, and there's tile in the in the bathroom. But the bathroom, unfortunately, I couldn't get all of that done prior to moving. Oh. So for the first few months. Um, I just went without. Did you not consider one of those like um, those like portable shower chairs that allows you to use a bathtub? Well, I guess your bathroom was all in like met, like in, in mid renovation, so you couldn't even go in there, huh? Yeah, I mean, so I washed my hair, so I I was capable of like leaning back in my chair and like you know having my wife like wash my hair and stuff. All right, so like, I I washed my hair, I brushed my teeth, I was. Deodorant. I did all of that, okay. all of those days. Yeah. But like, as far as like getting in my shower chair and sitting under hot water, that didn't happen for quite a while, Man, quite a long time. I, I would have. Um, you didn't think about. I personally, I'm such a girl. I mean, I was like, okay, hell no. I need to go to the hotel on the weekend and get a rolling shower and get my hot shower. And thank you very much. I will go to a Motel Six if I have to. <laughs> that is brilliant. No, I didn't. 
I didn't think about that. There's, <laughs> there's a lot going on, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, I'm I'm like whatever. I'm, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm washing my hair. That's, that's good enough. That's cool. Well, it's a good to know you what you did because I think you know for as a quad too. You know, we're all thinking you know about that the bathroom. You know, that's the number one thing. It costs the most. It takes the longest. I when I moved into my condo, my dad paid to get my shower installed and then listen it did not get happen right away either i had to get transferred in my bathtub and my poor pca broke a rib kidding me out of it it was horrible horrible so yeah um wow you know but i'm so so i so i don't know if you do show notes but i plan on sending you at least a picture of yes. the ramp that yes. is getting me in as well as the bathroom to give uh listeners an idea of kind of uh potential mm-hmm. setups the thing about how fun, and I'm really interested to see if this is the experience of, of the other people that you're interviewing. Yep. It really depends on where, what you're looking for. Um, you know, it, it, it's really variable. So, like, to say, like, here are the things that you do, it, it really is dependent on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to say, like, in general, here are some good ideas that, that we can do. But Yeah. Um, did you what, what other questions well i was just gonna ask you your bathroom did you end up doing one of those drains in the middle of the room where it was like a wet room kind of shower thing so the drain is in the shower okay i don't have like a separate drain in the room okay because i know some people do that so i just wanted to ask about that because that's kind of cool so they call it a wet room they do it over like in the middle east like every bathroom has a drain in the middle of the bathroom and that way you can literally just sit in the middle of the bathroom and you could shower even there just all the water goes like a locker room it's kind of weird but for some Mm -hmm. people it kind of works well i don't know but um and i also was just going to ask you as well you know where your your back your backyard and like do you have like an outdoor area that you made accessible or anything like that just out of curiosity maybe people want to know so i have so i have a deck Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, my house backs up to a nature preserve, mm-hmm. and I I have basically no backyard at all, oh, okay. which is perfect because <laughs> I don't want to have to up like maintain it, right? True, I don't want to have to upkeep. Um, so for me, I am in this really unique spot where I'm surrounded by kind of green belt, um, and it has its advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean I have a deck, but I didn't really need to modify that. Um, I like I haven't. Like, I can get to my deck from my kitchen, mm-hmm. um, and I obviously can't get down because there are stairs. Yeah. Um, but if I wanted to get down, I would just go down the ramp in my garage and then go around. Which, um, so That's good. Well, you know, at least you can have that option to, of going around because that's nice, you know. And yeah. I was going to ask, you know, do, when you were talking earlier about elevators and stuff, and I was going to mention, did you ever get the prices for one of those external kind of lifts that people sometimes do? But since you're in Washington, in the rain, that probably wouldn't be an ideal setup for you. So it, 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 in when I when I lived in Dallas, Texas, yeah. I was in a condo on the first floor. Mm-hmm. But first floor is a little misleading because there is a parking garage on, on the first floor. Mm-hmm. So um, there is an elevator that's required to get up to my room. Okay. And I also have an external elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, which I actually used semi-regularly because right. there would be power outage or cool. there would be something wrong with the elevator nice. or something would happen, okay. um, and I would be able to use it. Um, but no, I don't. I don't really have that because I mean the garage. Even if there's a power outage, there's really easy. You flip the switch and you can just lift up the garage. That's nice. Um, so yeah. under no circumstances am I going to be like stuck 
out of my house incapable of getting in or out. Okay. Um, So I've never never thought about that. But yeah, it would have to be weather resistant if you did if I did something like that on my front porch as another means to get out Um, because it does it does rain pretty regularly. And how about your kitchen? We didn't even talk about that. I'm guessing your wife cooks and you don't even like to. (laughs) Yeah. um, So I mean I. I, we didn't modify, like, in my bathroom, we didn't talk about this. My, I, I have multiple sinks, oh. and I have a, and I have a cutout. Cool. Uh, I have two sinks, right, the his and hers sinks or whatever. Nice, nice. And the way, when we redid the bathroom, we um, raised the countertop a little bit so it's easier for me to get under. Um, and it also is, like, there's an opening so that I can, like, get in front of the sink. I can grab my Sonicare toothbrush. I can brush my teeth. I can wash my hands. I can... Do all that stuff. Nice, Um, nice. In the kitchen, I don't, you're right. I mean, I didn't, we didn't really modify it. It has an island. Okay. um, And I can get around the island. I'm like, I can get anywhere on the first floor. That's awesome. Um, It's definitely awkward when we have people come that need to go upstairs because they're like, hey, where is this? And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. I've never been upstairs in my own house. Oh, man. Um, No. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, hey, where's the crawl space access on the second floor? I'm like, ah, that direction. It's somewhere over there. But, you know. (laughs) Oh, you know what I would do? I would regularly make your family give you tours upstairs using FaceTime or something on your phone so you can just get familiar with the upstairs. That I always that made me mad when I lived with my mom's. I could never go upstairs and I always felt disconnected to the house. But I guess you just have to get we get used to it, don't we? Oh well. I mean I could put my manual wheelchair up there and make my friends and family like pick me up. And then just carry me up the stairs and stick me in my couch in my manual chair, and then I can like fool around myself. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, I, I hope one day you can get the money to get an elevator for your place, since it sounds like you're going to be there for a while. But that's so cool. That would be nice. I know. Well, your house sounds beautiful. I would love for you to send me some photos or any videos, if anything you want to show share with the um, with our audience here, so when the podcast goes live, people can see what you're what you've done up there in Washington. So. Thank you so much for joining so us. Much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes. And, and ho- hopefully something I said in the past 30 minutes was um, <laughs> relevant relevant to somebody out there. I hope so. I'm sure it was. And um, if anyone has any questions for, uh, regarding maybe more about your region where you're from, is there any way that uh, people can get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, if you want to send me an email, mm-hmm. um, I'm on Facebook. I'm part of the SEI group, so you can message me directly there. Okay. I really don't do a whole lot of social media. Like, I don't, I mean, I have an Instagram. I don't know the last time I've walked in. Right. The easiest way is to just email me okay. at brian.zadarazny at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and you can, you can just get that through Facebook. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again, Brian. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. So we are joined by our third guest for this episode, and she uh, is her name is Tammy, and she, I don't know a lot about her, but I know I found her on the Spinal Cord Injury Peer Support Group, and I know that she bought a house, and um, and she even received a ten thousand dollar modification loan, which is really really cool. And I know that there's people out there that are probably wanting to know a little bit about that side of things. So that's why um, I wanted to bring her on the show. And uh, so, hello, Tammy. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, awesome. So your name's Tammy Pruy, and so where in the U.S. are you located? 
I'm in central Pennsylvania, Blanchard. Okay. okay. I live uh, right outside Bald Eagle State Forest. Oh, that must be beautiful out there. It is beautiful. All right. And so... It really is. And are you from that region of the country? Are you born and raised there? No, I was born and raised out in New Jersey along the beach. Ooh. And every time I went on vacation, I went to the mountains. So (laughs) I thought this would be the ideal place to live. Oh, that's funny. Most people go to the beach when they're they're going on vacation. But for you, I guess you needed something different, huh? Yeah, I needed a change. That's so funny. Uh-huh. That's cute. Um, so, uh, all right. So, I let's get into it. So, how were you injured? What's your level of injury? I'm a T11 incomplete with an L1 burst fracture. Okay. And I was on a uh, ATV. It was my ATV. I was the passenger. Okay. A friend kept insisting that he would take me for a ride, mm. and he continued looking backwards and. Unfortunately, missed the turn. We went over the embankment. I got thrown into the tree, oh, broke no. my back, and then I fell to the ground with the burst fracture. Oh my gosh! So wow, that's that's crazy. Did you remember the whole injury? Were you awake the whole time? Yes, unfortunately, I was. I do wish that I didn't remember some of it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, how long ago did your injury occur? Just about 19 years. Okay, yeah, that's a while ago. In 2000, my, was, my injury was in 1993. I was in a diving accident, and so I don't remember much. So when you're awake, when you're awake during your injury, do you, do you have like a, a do you remember like a wave going over you when you became paralyzed? That's what a lot of people say when they when they're conscious when it happens. Um, yeah, I was very confused. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I had major pain, and yeah. within a second, it seemed to be gone. Crazy. And I yeah. felt like I was uh, sinking into, like, quicksand. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Yeah. See, it's so different to hear people's stories. I'm always curious. I woke up in the water unable to move a single thing, and I'm, like, shocked about it. Yeah. I was very shocked. But when your injury occurred, did you go, yeah, I know this is, I probably broke my back. Great. Or were you kind of confused? Um, somehow I did instantly know that I broke my back and I told them not to move me at all. Wow. Awesome. Good self-awareness. That's cool. So, all right. So, yeah. yeah, So how you were like around, how old were you when your accident happened? 36. Okay. So that means you were probably living in a house at the time, weren't you? And had a family and stuff? Uh, no, I no? was living in an apartment, okay. uh, taking care of my mother. Oh, you were. Wow. So at that time mm-hmm. of your life is still pretty, you know, you're in your, your, your thirties. So you're kind of established, right? And when you have your injury, yes. when your injury occurs, which is like always disruptive, but I, whenever I talk to people that are kind of in their thirties and forties and beyond that have their injuries, I always I'm always curious about that because when you, it's always like, well, what do you do? Your job? Could you, could you maintain, like, could you live in the same place and have your same job after your injury or did you have to change everything? Uh, basically, I was able to go back to my job. I had a desk job. Oh, good. So we mainly had to find a way for me to use a restroom. Okay. Um, but as for the job, that was okay. But I wasn't able to stay working. There was, you know, complications came up and 
I just couldn't fulfill my 40-hour obligation. Oh, you know, that can be hard for a lot of people. We have our complications yeah. with our paralysis, and sometimes it's hard to get it to work at 9 a.m. or whatever. That's why working from home can be such a great, you know, solution for people. But, um, so, yeah, I agree. So, all right, so then you were like, well, um, in your apartment, did it work? Was it still accessible for you, or did you have to find a new place? Uh, I had to go find a new place. Okay. Um, I was put on a waiting list. Okay. And I got very fortunate because there was a gentleman that uh, purchased a home. So he moved out and I was able to sneak right on in there. Get out of I town. I got very lucky. Really? No, I couldn't believe it. Well, yes. I, I went out looking for all kinds of apartments. None were accessible. Yeah. I found this one place that what? said mm-hmm. they would take my name and put me on a waiting list and she called me probably two days later <laughs> that's like fate i believe in that kind of thing that is i do too that's cool and so I was it too. like a, a accessible roll and shower type of apartment then or yes very, yes very the nice bathroom was very modified the counter in the kitchen was lower otherwise there were no other really uh modifications okay. and that's what started my pursuit of finding a house right which is a great segue because that is awesome you know it's always great you know getting your first nice accessible this apartment even when you're first injured because you just need to figure out life but after you get kind of stable that's when you start thinking bigger bigger dreams and that's when you're right thinking about a house right that's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> I needed more room to turn around. I yeah. didn't like the apartment where you had to go five pushes forward or oh, five pushes back. You really no. couldn't make a big old U-turn in the No, I don't. I have wheelchair users who want to live in tiny homes. I'm always like, how do you manage? How Do you, do you realize just maneuvering yourself, you're going to need some space? But yeah, so you, at how many years past your injury did you th- start thinking about, okay, I want to buy a house? Uh, I'd say I started thinking about it about the fourth year when frustration started sinking in. Right. You know, not being able to have the job, mm-hmm. not being able to stay so healthy, needing some people to come and go to give me a hand. Yep. I thought, this is just way too small. I need to bust out of this and try to find something more positive. Okay. And so you're in Pennsylvania, right, when you started your house hunt? Yeah. Cool. And so... This is like for a lot of people. I know that you said that you needed, you got a little loan. So, just you know, do you mind sharing how you um, were able to get the the, the money to pay for all that? So some people get settlements or whatever. Um, I used, I saved the money that I got when I first applied for disability, and you oh, got yeah. that lump sum. Nice, nice. So I, yeah, so That's I used that money for down. Cool. I got a first time, first time home buyers program yeah and then I asked the lady how do I go about making modifications yeah and she sent me to the independent living organization yeah and at that point they yep. told me that there really was no way to help me out okay and so I went back to the bank and she told oh. me that I was qualified for a $10,000 loan that they could make actually as a second mortgage. Oh, wow. So I first pay off the house, and then by then I'd be a little older and I'd be looking to pay less on my mortgage, so then I would begin to pay off the $10,000 loan. Nice. So wow. yes, I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, and is it is it is this loan from a bank then, or was it from, or, or was it made just for someone with a disability? 
It was just for disabilities. Yes. That's so cool. So, but we all know ten. Cool. Did the ten thousand dollars cover everything? Because it doesn't seem like that much in the grand scheme of things. Not everything. Right. No, it was mm-hmm. a slow process. Uh, the ten thousand dollars went fast. Okay. And um, I went back to work part time. Oh, good. And was every paycheck that I put in a separate bank account so I knew how much I could spend to continue modifying. That's so The first cool. thing I did was made a deck and a ramp mm-hmm. and then a, a blacktop driveway for yeah. such ease of accessibility to get in and out of the vehicle. Oh, yeah. That's and nice. Then, of course, my bathroom mm-hmm. was the first priority and opening up the doorways. Okay. What was the can I what was the year of the house and like the style of it? Um, this is a double wide. Oh cool. So a lot of people have picked on me that I bought a trailer, but oh. I said, you know, it's on a foundation. It's a home. It is a home. It's not my apartment, right. And my old apartment would have fit into my living room area. Dude, I have been in a so, double wide. They feel like they are homes, and they they're big and beautiful on the end, and they they're a great price, right? You can get one at like almost half the absolutely. price of those. So where did yes. you? How did you find a, a one that was? So you had to buy a double wide and make it accessible. Then is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. Wow, so it must have been a quick one of the. Go ahead. Me, I'm sorry. No, yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. One of the things that I found was interesting in my search was how many homes are out there where you'd have to have yourself one of those 50-foot ramps. Oh, I know. And that is something that I did not want. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, being in a manual chair, I thought all you got to do is put your bags on the back and try to get up a ramp. Ugh. ADA regulations oh, yeah. is still a little steep. Yeah. So I just kept looking till I found a place that really only look like uh would need a real small ramp that's a good idea it was a big difference in my life that's awesome yeah when you're pushing yourself you do not want to have to go up an incline in and out every day like that that's a smart that's a really good tip so okay so the double wide now did you have to find a park that may or like a, a space that was ideal for your wheelchair and all that like more of a or what how do you how do you go about that search uh, well, first, the real estate person that was helping me didn't seem to understand, yeah. you know, of how important the ramp and the amount of space was for me. Right. And finally, she came up with three listings that she thought would be great. Okay. And I'm out in the forest, so I'm, I, I really liked that idea. Nice. But in the end, I kind of wish I wasn't in the forest. Really? Because, you know, there's there's a lot of maintenance to taking care of that and that's something that I didn't really think all the way through oh, no. when I purchased my home okay. but finding the double wide on the foundation does make it more affordable because with the income you get from disability yeah. you do have to think smart you know mm-hmm. you sure do you sure do so now that you have that you how long ago did you purchase your your home I purchased it in 2006. Wow. Okay. And so, and when you purchased it, how, who, who did you, were, did you have to go out and find yourself some contractors? Yes, I did. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. can you share how you, how you found a contractor that you liked? 
Uh, word of mouth, actually, from living in the apartment complex for that amount of years. Yeah. You know, everybody comes around to see what's going on, mm-hmm. and I just started spreading the word. Mm-hmm. And I ended up finding a contractor in the time that I was just waiting for the house to close. Cool. And, and you know, yeah. and then you just meet with your contractor, right? And you just go over everything that you want done. And, and, and how long did you have to wait then exactly for your home to be ready for you? Uh, I gave the contractors a month. Okay. Uh, told them that I wanted to move in in a month. I didn't care if the rest of the house wasn't so accessible yet. Yeah. But the biggest priority were the main, you know, four rooms. Yeah. And they pulled it off. We, I met with them once a week over here, and some things that we thought were great, we had to make a little change with until everything seems perfect to move in cool and 30 days later i called all my able-bodied friends and told them start gathering my boxes oh (laughs) that's so cool now do you make your kitchen accessible too so you can cook and everything uh i really couldn't do too much to the kitchen except lower the counter and remove some cabinet doors so i could roll under okay but i used your standard stove and the biggest thing appliance in here that i had to change was the refrigerator. I yeah. swapped that out with a side by side. You like you do you like the side by side? I always wonder about that because I was thinking about getting that one myself, uh, but I thought maybe it'd be hard to maneuver or try to get inside of it. Um, I had to remove the bottom shelves on the both of the doors of the side by side. Okay. And I also purchased a stand up freezer. Okay, cool. That's cool. And so you do you use your wheelchair most of the time? I know you said you're an L one, but you probably don't stand that much, right? Or do, can you? I can't stand you it can't all. You can't stand it all. Yeah. All right, so you're doing the whole, I mean, when you're in your kitchen, you know, and you're, like, trying to use the sink, so you're just, like, do you just, like, lean over then and do that kind of thing where you position your wheelchair so you're not, like, you don't have any cutouts then, right? Uh, only under the counter. Okay. Um, the stove, yeah. the bottom of the oven didn't have a drawer. Okay. So we basically made a contour for that so that my footrest could get in a little bit closer that's smart you know you know a lot of times people think yeah i'm gonna ask for a lot of money into this kitchen if i needed to be accessible but see it's fun to hear about that because i i have a a condo here that's we had didn't have a lot of money and i had to make my kitchen accessible and it wasn't it's not like perfect either you know but you kind of make it work so you can still cook and stuff but that's kind of cool so looking back on all this and stuff do you think was there anything you do differently about how you did your place except you know of course not being in the woods um the only other thing i could really think about is um to always that i i should have always put myself first Okay. That when I did come in and made what modifications I could, I thought, well, no, everybody would probably not like this if I, you know, lowered this counter even more. Really? Or Hmm. the bathroom. And that's one thing, like I said, when the contractor started helping me, we backed up on some things because I started thinking, "Uh uh-uh, I have to remember this is me. Yeah. And yeah. I have these needs. These needs are always going to be here. Yeah. I know they'll change in one way or the other, but yeah. Yeah. I, I should have from the very first day remembered my needs need to come first. That's a great tip. Able-bodied people, yeah, because able-bodied people can bend over. They can get on their tippy toes. Yeah. They can sleep in the corner. Absolutely. We can't. No, and if you have to change your 
body mechanics to whatever to make it easier for your family members, you're going to suffer. And you know what? And that's going to hurt your shoulders or whatever in a matter of just a few years. And before you know it, you're not going to be able to do stuff that you used to be able to do. So you do have to be careful because that kind of stuff yeah, can, you know, exactly. you know, well, that's good. That's a good tip. That's a super good tip. Remember, put yourself first. And I, you know, so uh, you, it sounds like you live with some family. Like, do you have a husband and, and, and kids or something like that? Or what's your story? Uh, no, I was single. Okay. I lost my boyfriend at the time of the injury. Oh, yeah. So that I happens. was single, right? Yeah. And Oof. depended on my friends to pull through. And okay. I'm sure we all know that, too. A lot of friends disappeared, so I had oh, to make gosh. all new friends. Yeah, that happens so and, often. Yeah. I'm... And they faded away through time, too. Yeah. Because I think I needed their help too much. And that was the other downfall of, uh, you know, living in the forest. I needed help with the maintenance, the yard work, the lawn. And if you don't have somebody to do it, you're asking somebody too often to help you. And I think that pushed them away. That can push people away. That's too bad, though. They could just be honest with you. Well, I hope that you have someone. I do have someone helping your lawn out right now. Um, Or with your needs. I just got to hire somebody. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, I lost my husband about three months ago. Oh, I'm sorry. So he had helped me with everything. Oh. He was the one that would make it all seem like not a problem whatsoever to give a hand. Was he, did he pass away? Yes. I'm so sorry. That's so hard. Oh, man. So, yeah, yeah I always wonder, you. you know, you, you have someone that's with you, especially when you're paralyzed. And then when you have a partner that helps you with, like, that must have done You're going through a hard transition, Tammy. Oh, my heart is with you right now. Oh, man. So ho- you. do you have family there Thank to you. help you out at least, I hope? <laughs> oh, you poor lady. Mm-hmm. No. No. I'm the last of my family. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. okay. Well, you know. It, it's been hard. Yeah. But, you know, this, this is how I have to wake up every day anymore. Yeah. As, um. Hey, just like when the injury happened, just like when I moved, every change that comes about, we just have to refigure it out. We do. That's all that life's. That's all we can do. And you know, you have friends. Well, no, you have friends online. If you need someone to talk to, I know we just met, but I'd I'd be willing to talk to you, Tammy. And and I know, you know, I know you live in the middle of nowhere. But my boyfriend, he just used this app to help his mom find some lawn services in her neighborhood. And I don't Mm -hmm. know if this app would help you where you live. I don't even know if you want to pay for it. But I know there's like some online services where you can get people to come mow your lawn where you live. If I don't know. We can talk about this later, too. But it's just an idea I have for you. But that sucks. Oh, my gosh. All right. But anyways, I think overall you shared some really, really awesome advice with us. I think for a lot of people, buying an actual real like house house is like going to be too expensive and so buying a trailer can be about 50 percent at least right part the price of a home i don't don't you think i mean it's a great idea for a lot of people i got three bedrooms two baths almost on an acre and i paid eighty five thousand. well there you go yeah a house would have cost about 150,000. and you're in rural pennsylvania that's yeah that's That's a good yep. price. So you look around for what you can afford because otherwise you'll be in that apartment having to do whatever your landlord tells you all the time. Yeah. And do you want to live like that for the rest of your life? I don't think so. And I would love to have Absolutely some Absolutely not. Oh, Tammy. <laughs> all right. My, well, God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me you. and with I us. And, uh, yeah, I will talk to you later. Okay? Thank you.
Okay, thank right, you. Yeah, bye. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. So our um, our next guest is going to be Jeff Mixel, and he uh, purchased a home, um, and it's he's he's pretty uh, fortunate. It's got um, well, I think his first home had a pool, and he's got some cool um, renovations that he's going to share with the homes that he's purchased since his injury. So without further ado, hello, Jeff. Hey, welcome. Hey, thanks. Hey, so I, how do I pronounce your last name? Is it Jeff Mixel? I always hate pronouncing people's names wrong. Uh, I always do the same thing. It's Mixel. Mixel. Okay, Jeff Mixel. Well, thank you for joining us now. Where exactly in the country are you located? Um, right now I'm located in Florida. Okay, awesome. So are you like up north or are you down south or are you right in the middle? Um, I'm in like the Jacksonville, St. Augustine area, okay, so it's that's more nice. north. That's pretty and nice. I initially moved to the down south by uh, Boca Grande and Port okay. Charlotte, Florida. Okay. I so, bought like two homes down there. Ooh, Florida. So that must be yeah. where your home base is. Were you born and raised there then? No, I'm originally from Illinois. Okay. I was uh, born in Dixon. I uh, got in a accident at okay. like 22 okay i had the uh, designated driver drive me home mm -hmm. he just didn't quite make it mm. off the road really and i drove me to a telephone pole and oh. i'm sure you know the stories from there oh yeah so how long ago was your injury uh 1995 i think we're going on 23 or 24 years wow okay and do you mind sharing how old you are today <laughs> I uh, just turned 46. 46. So you were pretty young when your accident happened, huh? Yes, I uh, was just 22. Yeah. I had a newborn as turning two in like a week after my accident, so we had to celebrate that in the hospital. Yeah. That's uh, definitely every parent's nightmare. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody goes through depression. I know I did after that. We all do. If you don't, I don't think you're human. How can anyone not be depressed when they become paralyzed? It's like a huge uh, thing, you know? Yeah, you, you just don't believe it. You think it's a bad dream. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. I know. You're like, oh, my God, how is this my body? I just, This is crazy. And I've been paralyzed, gosh, 27 years, and I still have these moments where I'm like, get out this camp and i think it's just our brains you know kind of trying to put our old life and our new life together but hey i think all of us can relate to that and it gets pretty difficult some days but hey you sound like you know after what 22 years you've kind of figured it out a little bit on how to have a more good days than bad days huh yeah i think you know the first i think the first year or two was was just horrible you know the mm -hmm. The mother of my child, you know, took off and left, couldn't right. handle everything. Yeah. So, you that know, happens. you had to move in with your family. Oh, my gosh. So you start out with your, you're living with your mom, who's, you know, up your ass. <laughs> oh, man. Everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you would have moved with her when mm -hmm. you were younger, you wouldn't be in a wheelchair. And it's like, you know, I probably would have been in a wheelchair sooner if I would have went there. But... <laughs> 
Oh you, man. So it's you gotta it's, get over it. You do. Life is never what we expect it to be and that's how we all those cheesy posters at the mall say, It's not about the destination, it's the journey. But in many ways it's true though, because we really no one plans for a spinal cord injury, but you have to you gotta have to somehow cope with it and you can't let it ruin your life and that's kinda how I've been that way too and so with your life since your injury, I know you said online that you were able to purchase a home, which was probably one of the bigger things to do right after an injury, right? I know when you first are injured and you're like, we're depressed. And then the, and then on top of it, we don't even know where you're going to sleep because you can't find it somewhere accessible to live. I mean, what was it like for you when you first left the hospital? Did you have an accessible home at your parents' place? Was it, or was it barely working like for a lot of people? That was definitely not accessible. I had my grandparents come out yeah. from Illinois to go to West Memphis, Colorado at the time. Okay. And uh, you know, grandpa and, of course, my mom was uh, married to uh, another guy at the time. And mm. they helped uh, with, you know, renovations. Yeah. And basically just built me a nice uh, ramp from the garage to get into the house. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I think that was pretty much it. You know, uh-huh. most doorways are about 30 inches anyway, so you're well, able to fit through them. Well, what's your level it's of injury? We kind of skipped over uh, that. What's that? Uh, sorry, you're a T12, you said? Uh, C5-6. Oh, you're a C5-6. So that means you need, like, a really accessible bathroom and everything. You're not just hopping and going in a bathtub. And that's how life started the yeah. first time. You know, you got that transfer bench. You use the uh, transfer board on your, yeah. you know, your bare bottom. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. the struggle getting over. Yeah. Wow. And then you get, you're wet and you got to get out. So uh, I did that for yeah, how long? Shoot, almost two and a half years. Two and a half years. And then yeah. you were put in a position where you were able to get some, I think you said you got a settlement or some money from that accident, so you were able to kind of get out of your parents' house then, huh, and buy your own place? Um, yeah, so actually I brought my mom with me because oh. you know, that was kind of the agreement. It's like, hey, you know, I'm out here in a new state by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go buy a, a wheelchair accessible house that's way bigger, so you're way away from me. Yeah. <laughs> and, I hear your dog. Hey, I love dogs. That's okay. Have your dog say hi. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't usually like the dogs barking. I don't know what happened. That's okay. But, yeah. you know, uh, we got a, a realtor, mm-hmm. and, you know, you express your needs, your wants. Yep. You usually want, you know, a ranch-style home. Yep. So there's no stairs and no modifications that way. Right. And, you know, they usually know good uh, contractors who can build, you know, roll-in showers, the whole nine yards. But this realtor on my first house um, made me drive about an hour and a half away from Littleton, Colorado, all the way up to Bright. Oof. And uh, I wasn't too uh, fond of it, but she said, just, you know, belong to another guy in a wheelchair. He was a quadriplegic, mm-hmm. real high up injury, had oh. a lot of money. Yeah. And she goes, just go out to his house. They're selling it. He passed away. Oh, okay. The family was just trying to unload it, really. Right. Yeah. They were 
they wanted like $1.3 million for this house. And I went out to look at it and I fell in love with it. It had a wheelchair accessible pool inside with a lift. Oh my God. Uh, whirlpool area, surround mm-hmm. sound for the pool. Nice. And I thought if I was ever going to walk, you know, that was the way to go. <laughs> and we got outside. He had a yeah. little koi pond. Ooh. So it was on two acres. Nice. And I told the realtor straight up. I'm like, I cannot afford one point, you know, this type of money. I can, I'm willing to go like 500000 <laughs> And uh, he goes, you know these people are loaded, Jeff. Let me uh, let me run it by you. You know, let me run it by you a little bit if you like it, and then let me run it by them. You never know what happens. Wow. And uh, I went home. This master bedroom for the uh, house had the biggest roll-in shower I've ever seen. <laughs> it had heated lamps, and I said, "Yeah, five hundred thousand And they called me like. Hit four hours after we got home. What? And they said they would do it. And That's I, crazy. I couldn't believe it. So they were willing to drop so the price they, by half just because of your situation, basically. Just because of my situation and that nice. they had enough money and so they nice. wanted the home to go to somebody that could use it. That's awesome. So, wow. So how? So that home required no renovations. So you just moved right in. And then how long were you were you in that house for? Um, about three years, I ended up meeting a uh, a woman who was like my nurse that would come out and help me get up in the morning. Yeah. And, you know, all that stuff. We became friends. She was ended up going through a divorce. Mm. And, you know, things went that way. My mom was getting back into the dating scene. So we uh, sold the house. And then it was on the house number two, which mm-hmm. was... In Thornton, Colorado, which wasn't too far away from there. Cool. So you bought your second house in. I thought so. Your your second house is in Florida. In Florida, still though, isn't it? Nah, there I've moved and bought houses all over. The wow. Country. So you've been all over. How fun. So, okay. So now, since you're sounds like an expert at this, so uh, you know what's your what's your usual nowadays? Do you are you buying and selling homes or are you just, do you just buy and live in one and then decide to sell it? What's, what do you do? Um, you end up buying it and then you decide you just, the time has come that you want to move on to a different place. Okay. The second home in Colorado, I was, I was ready to go to Las Vegas and mm. play, play cards for, you know, the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, we went out to Vegas. My mom went out there and like before I did she was like let me go out and see how good it is mm-hmm. after the year she was out there she first year she was like oh, I hate it you're never gonna like it and then she called me and said you guys might want to move out here it's really great <laughs> and then we went look for a house we uh, found a, a home builder and we you know was telling them this is what we want we put some money down mm-hmm. we asked if they'd make special renovations like the wheel the rolling shower for the wheelchair, uh-huh. and if they would lower the countertop. Okay. So they agreed to doing very that. Very good, very good. And then we came back to Colorado where we thought we were going to wait for that to happen, and then uh-huh. I got sued by the insurance company for oh. wanting some money back since I was 
reimbursed for uh, oh. the accident. Oh, I'm sure they. Uh, that so. sucks. Oh my gosh. So yeah. you're so you're currently living in Florida, though, right? Yes. Oh, nice. Well, the weather is hot down there right now, and so. So you, when you buy a house and you're like, okay, I'm in a wheelchair, do you always look for a one level? Is that like the number one thing you look for then? That's the number one thing I look for because it's easy for me. I don't have to worry about putting a stair lift in to go up Yeah. and make my life more complicated oh. than it has to be. Well, I was talking to another guy who who's in our situation. He's paralyzed as well, and he said an elevator would cost around $50,000. So that's why, you know, yeah, it's expensive. To they are expensive. Mm-hmm. They are. got to worry about maintenance. Mm-hmm. So can you get into your basement at your home? Um, we have no basement. Oh, right. Florida. You're in Florida. So do you try to make sure then, you know, that you can access every part of your home as a quadriplegic, or does it not matter as much to you? It doesn't matter that much to me. And, okay. you know, I just want to be able to get to the, mm -hmm. the kitchen because that's the biggest concern for me. I like to cook. Okay, cool. Um, I want the, the knobs close to me so yeah. I'm not reaching over and yeah. getting burnt by the stove. Yeah, see. So that's a renovation usually for me. Mm -hmm. And the bathrooms of getting a rolling shower and getting rid of like the big cabinets that are in front of mirrors to yeah. brush your teeth and comb your hair and all the all the primping and stuff that goes along with so do you have any have you installed um anything a little bit more unique in regards to accessibility or have you kind of just stuck to the more of the standard stuff i i know nowadays people are putting some pretty funky things in their kitchens and bathrooms from like cool um, like little faucets like the, uh, the drawers that you pulled out and they got hooks for all the pans. Yeah. That way I can get them on all. Those are I nice. Like that where you put that underneath. Yeah. Do and you have Do you have any of to make our lives a little bit easier? Do you have any of those faucets that you yeah. touch and just turn right on? Those look so nice. No, I have not even gotten interested in those okay. yet. Okay. Yeah, there's so many new things uh, that uh, quads are putting in their homes. And then in regards to, like, environmental control in your house, do you do any of the Alexas or uh, Google, uh, the Google Minis or whatever? Oh, yes. Alexa and uh, Nest thermostats yeah, and see. The, uh, the lights. And, you know, it's nice to say, hey, Alexa, turn on the TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alexa, turn on the lights, which actually I think she just did. I forgot. I was oh, right no. She listened to you. <laughs> do, you have a, yeah. do you have a ceiling track system for transfers in your house at all? Or do you ever install? Down, down. I thought about okay. that a while ago from yeah. when I get older. Yeah, you know. Because it looks like it would be so nice to get woke up from your bed, maybe bring, bring you right into your bathroom maybe. Yeah, right over your bathtub. I know. There's yeah. a you can uh, if you go to the hotel in Vegas the Wynn Hotel they actually have accessible hotel rooms with this the lifts that you can take from your bed to the right into the over the the, the bathtub in the in the in the bathroom and I saw that online I'm like I have to go experience that that looks really cool but um but yeah, yeah I'm is so accessible. so accessible I love it out there I'm gonna do another topic I on Vegas I'll probably have you on again yeah. we, we can talk about Vegas next time because I love all that stuff too. But um, so, oh, so does your, your do you have a pool right now, and or do you try to make a, get a, like a lift and stuff to get into the pool or that kind of thing? 
Yes, I've had a lift with the other pool. This one, I'm really not much of a water guy after okay. failing to walk the way I look at it. <laughs> I mean, for the first four years, I you know I used all that money to try to to walk. I had therapists coming. I could walk in the pool, but uh-huh. once I got out, it was you know my legs can still move. Yeah, when I try to move them, but now I. After 40, it just seems like all the weight comes on. It does. It does. So, I know. It's it, depressing, isn't it? Well, so... Oh, I'm going through major depression on that right now. Well, you know, we all do. See, that just proves, you know, it doesn't matter if you've got a beautiful house and money in the bank. You know, I think a lot of quads out there think that they, oh, if only I had some money, I wouldn't be depressed. But that's not always the case. You know, being paralyzed is tough no matter mm-hmm. how much money you have. So... Um, but you know, so we have to end this here, but I wanted you to, uh, do you have any like advice just in general for anyone who might be listening that's thinking about buying a house and what would you recommend? Just some basic tips, like just so we can kind of end with that. That would be great. I think the basic tip is just to get a really good realtor mm-hmm. and sit down and explain your needs to them. Yep. And you got to have a good support system. You're going to have to bring a family member or a friend that's going to have to take some wheelie bars off your chair and lift you up some stairs to go look at houses. Yep. Don't be afraid. Get in there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to go for it sooner or later. How about like really scary old houses that might need a lot of work? Would you ever, would you recommend someone do that who's paralyzed? I, not because you can't do the work yourself. Yeah. I think I would go towards newer because air conditionings are getting outdated almost daily now with the RO systems and the regulations that they have on these types of systems. The older one is, the more expensive it's going to be to upgrade a a problem. True. I know. So do I waste your money? And I read, you know, recently this guy on a paralyzed group on Facebook and he He's like, I just paid all this money for a guy to clean my roof, and it's something I could have done so easily before, and oh my God, I'm getting ripped off. And that would easily apply to home renovations probably as well. You'd be like, I'm paying these people to do stuff I could probably do before my injury, and this is really stupid, right? So you, if you can avoid oh all that. Oh my God, I do that all the time. I know, just right? the lawn, the pool maintenance. Yeah. Or- it's like, God, I could really make a great living down here in Florida if I could only walk. I'd have four businesses. <laughs> no kidding, right? I think we all feel that way sometimes. Yeah. Oh, jeez, Louise. Well, well, do you, so you, you, are you married or anything like that? Before I let you go, do you have a? Are you? Did you and your lady end up getting married? <laughs> no, we didn't. We ended up splitting up in Florida. Okay. She's the one that wanted to move to Florida. Oh no. Boyfriend and. Uh, took off and stopped making the house payments on some of these i put all the money down oh, no. so the homes that i did have i lost and i'm back here with the, you know my mom and we're just making the best of it i do have a girlfriend good and uh you know life's life's good that's good you I mean, want- money doesn't make you walk it just oh. makes you buy real nice things so yeah. it's fun it's fun and yeah you're still happy and you're still happy. You know, I always say, as long as I got some really good food on the table and I have some good friends and family, and maybe a good drink or something, I'm usually pretty happy. I don't need a ton, a ton of money, but I just need to be comfortable, right? Yeah. That's really all it takes That's in life. It takes. Good drink, good friends. And- yeah. 
you know, laugh at yourself every once in a while. Stuff happens. Well, stuff happens. You know, I, I get, I, you know, I'm going to be 40 next month, and I think about my life as a paralyzed lady, and I've been paralyzed since I've been 14. And oh, and let me tell you, I have, yeah. my, I have a lot of moments too where I think about what my life could have been like and all that. But all we can do is just. I could not imagine being paralyzed at 14. It was tough. Yeah, those kids are a little. Those little early freshman high school kids really didn't know what to do with me, but hey, you know what? We I think no matter what age, it's difficult, and I just want to. And you know, we could probably talk about this forever, but I'm gonna let you go. And hey, Jeff, I will definitely have you back on the show because I heard you like to play cards, and so do I. So let's talk about Vegas on a future episode, okay? Well, that sounds great. I look forward. To it. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Jeff. Talk to you later. All right. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Bye. So today, uh, our last interview of this uh, awesome episode that we're doing about buying a house after a spinal cord injury, we're going to be joined here by Gina, and she is from Arizona, and she has extensive experience making a home accessible, and she's also a pretty well-known advocate in the community. She's also a lawyer and has a lot to say about just representing people with disabilities and the ADA and just everything. So if you don't know who Gina is, we'll have links to, to get to know her more after the podcast. But hey, Gina, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Doing very... I just have an edit. I'm currently not practicing, so I actually <laughs> technically am not a lawyer. But, oh, you're not. Yes, I do have my law degree. That's awesome. Well, either way, I think that's great. Whatever, I know that you're kind of busy what are what what's your are you busy doing kind of like advocacy work still though aren't you doing that it looks like, i think it seems like you're doing that from your facebook and yeah i do quite a bit of advocacy work i do yes and i am self-employed so that keeps me pretty busy myself that's yeah. so cool and i was been and i've been loving following your uh, travels too this summer um where you you went up north to did some kayaking i saw I did a 17-day road trip. I did. And, you know, I've never done it. I got inspired by Ian, the uh, editor of New Mobility. And he had done a road trip. And I thought, you know, that was really cool. So I went ahead and uh, followed along. Awesome. Well, it's so cool to talk to you. And thanks for uh, joining us now. For people that don't know you, um, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself and where you're from and how you were injured and your age, if you don't mind sharing? Definitely. So um, I grew up in Chowchilla, California, a little farming community. Um, always wanted to be a chef, moved out when I was 18 to go to culinary school. A few months later, I had a diving accident, dove mm-hmm. into the swimming pool and broke my neck. I'm a C5-6, yep. complete quadriplegic. Yep. I have been, it will be 16 years this year, which is so crazy, and I'm currently 33 years old. I was okay. 18 when I had my injury. Oh, wow. And now I've been living here in Arizona, though, um, in the greater Phoenix area for the last 15 years, and I absolutely love it. Wow. Love I was... it. It's great. It's flat, accessible, and warm. <laughs> I always wonder about how Arizona maintains its power grid when it's so hot. That's something I've been thinking about lately. Oh, yeah. You know, we actually, everyone thinks, everyone's like, it's so hot, it's so hot. It's really not as bad. Really? You got to come and, I mean, it okay. is pretty bad. But, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. We are all set. We've got water, power, everything. <laughs> come visit. We're a little bit 
I will have to one day. I've never been down there. So I, you know, so you were injured at 18. And so you, were you living in California at the time of your injury? I actually was in Tucson, Arizona. I just moved down there to go to culinary school. Oh, that's school, right. Okay. It was a, a few months. I know. It was crazy. And I moved back to California from mm-hmm. Arizona mm-hmm. right after my injury for about six months. Okay. And then came back out to Arizona to go to rehab because there was some really progressive rehabs available out here. Cool. So I came out here and uh, I bought my, I'm trying to think what I bought my very first house this house about seven years ago okay and i bought my other house in 2009 okay actually oh wow i I first bought into the market here in 2009 wow i did a homeowner here in the phoenix area for more than 10 years though because i did buy some investment properties that's great uh, wow those are my homes that i lived in that's so cool. So, well, let's talk about your first one, if you don't mind, because I think for a lot of people, maybe they're newly injured and they're like, well, I got to get this, I got to get a place to live in so I can make it accessible. And um, and so I've been talking to other people who are paralyzed too. And I've always started out just by asking them like, you know, did you find a real estate agent or what was like your first step in trying to find a house once you decided that's what you wanted to do? at the time my sister-in-law was a real estate agent so um, okay I had went ahead and went with her and I just did a lot of searching on my own MLS like I had my own criteria like it was single story because here in Arizona yeah it's very easy I mean already most places are relatively accessible okay so you don't have to like fight to find like a one story you can actually be really picky here like Mm. one story a certain amount of garages like no Steps anywhere in the house. And, cool. You know, most of it is tile. Those things all exist. So it's, and we have a lot of open floor plans. Yeah. So yeah, you can be kind of picky here. So I started searching and I okay. found a place um, that I first bought uh, and I learned a lot by buying my first place. The yeah. backyard wasn't as accessible yeah. and I thought, oh, it'll be fine. I'll make it work. And, you know, it just kind of got annoying. Yeah. So I ended up completely and I bought a big open wide property about seven years ago and um, I love it I wouldn't go I wouldn't go back that's for sure that's funny I know I know a lot of times I think as a wheelchair as someone in a wheelchair you know you're like I can make it work. I, I don't need to be perfectly accessible. It'll be fine. I did that myself with a small kitchen that I'm currently in, and I hate it. I'm always hitting the counters everywhere I turn. So And that's it. It's like yeah. we just make ourselves struggle. And I, I just, if I can avoid the struggle, I'm learning now. Mm-hmm. And I've learned, like, where do I spend the most time? Well, yeah. I love to cook, so I spend the most time in the kitchen. Yeah. So, you know, I really put a lot of... I had a budget, so a lot of my budget went towards my kitchen, and I have never regretted that. I think people, you know, when you're putting in a remodel, you really have to know where you spend your time, like what's Mm -hmm. important. Now, if you're somebody who spends three to four hours in the bathroom in the morning, like who knows, you know, like some people do. Oh, yeah. That is something, like have a bathroom that's big and accessible, a shower that you love. Oh, yeah. Like don't make showering and getting ready like a torture. Like it can be... Yeah, it doesn't have to be horrible. Absolutely. So. Make it a spa, spa experience. <laughs> yes, there we go. I like that. Yeah. Yes. You bring in the masseuse. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. So when you got your first place, did you have to make the bathroom accessible and put a roll-in shower in for yourself? 
Yeah, my first boyfriend I bought, um, yes, absolutely. It had a, at the time, a steam shower that, like, you had to, like, step into and, like, it yep. closed off and it was tiny. Yep. And then it had a claw tub that was just sitting off to the side and made no sense for me. I could never get into a claw right. I don't even know if I was a parent if I could get into a claw tub. You know? I'm like... So I took that all out, and I made a giant roll-in shower. Ooh. Every place I go, I always put in a roll-in shower because it just it just makes it easier on my caregivers. Yep. It makes it easier on me. I like it. You know, I'm not having to deal with the thing where you, like, because for the first, you know, five years of my life, I didn't have, or five years of my right. wheelchair, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know I didn't that's funny, right? I listen. I make. I literally feel the same way sometimes. It's a new life. <laughs> yeah, my second life. Yeah, my second life. Totes. You know, for the first five years of my second life, yeah. I didn't have a rolling shower, and I had one of those that you had to like transfer and slide over. Oh yeah. And it was so obnoxious. So I really? finally, I was like, no, you know what? I'm putting in a rolling shower, and I'm never going back. Absolutely. That's, That's like, a yeah. No, my I my boss Josh Basley Basil did the same thing at his condo. He had one of those for a while and it's just you think it's going to be okay but it's never a really permanent solution for nobody you don't want that really for longer than a couple yeah. months oh and my god it really is so easy now to put in a roll-in shower even in all of these you know it's very standard size mm-hmm. and you can get these slide-in tub units that are just rolling showers so like really? i feel like there's really no excuse to not put it in you're doing a an accessible overhaul like that is something that i would definitely consider can you say can you tell me more about the the, the slide and tub unit you just re- mentioned because i i'm kind of stupid about that because i was going to ask you how specifically did you do your rolling shower for maybe people that are wondering so mine is actually the home that i recently bought this last home that i bought mm-hmm. it had a pretty huge shower in it like okay relatively large like three shower heads nice. and I just had to knock out a little threshold, and it was it was a roll-in. So okay. I didn't really have to do anything. Cool. All the other ones, I just put in quite a bit of space. I usually put in some type of bench. So, like, you know, if I'm shaving and I have to, like, put my legs up or whatever, it just is so much more convenient. And I can set things on it. And it's just nice that way. Always, you know, a handheld shower head is a must, along with a standard shower head. I usually put in both because it's nice if somebody else wants to take a shower in your shower. And just make sure that the handles are where you can reach them. Yeah, that's That's a big one. We always forget, oh, crap, the handles. Yeah, yeah. That's a big one. That's a very good one. And how about, you know, with making sure the slope is right so there's no flooding in the bathroom? Because my rolling shower, my dad paid for this company to do it, and it's made out of this weird Corian kind of material, and the slope isn't that great, and I have to always have my PCAs put, like, three towels behind me while I'm in the shower because the water just comes out. It's horrible. Oh, that is terrible. But there is a way to fix it. You actually mm-hmm. could get an in-ground shower drain and it's oh. like a line. Oh. And you can put that and reroute the piping for that. If you, You'll have to tear out a few things so okay. it work instead of having to put in a whole grate. That being said, there are standards for grading, and if you have a professional contractor, they should have those. There are ADA yeah. standards, and then there are also contractor standards. Okay. There are a lot of new types of grades, though, that allow, so 
some people, they feel like, oh, well, I don't have enough space to put in the grating that will allow the water to run down. Well, there are so many in-ground grates that can be like four feet long that you just put along the outside of the shower that will catch that excess water. But the thing is, Mm -hmm. you just have to make sure that you have waterproofing. The big thing is a lot of these companies will come in and offer you like a really good deal on this. Like, oh, they're going to lay in your tile and they'll come in. They don't know what they're doing. And that's mm-hmm. just the thing. They won't give you the right grading. No. They also don't do the right, right waterproofing. So when you, you get mold. Yeah. Yeah. You can have mold. So, you know, that's like a big issue, especially for people that are in places that are really humid. Yeah. So, or older locations where you're like putting in a new shower. So that's what I've learned as far as showers. Like, I'll go in, actually, mm-hmm. if you have a company before you pay them, go in and turn on the water okay. and see how it runs. Yeah. Let it run for 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Let it run for 15 minutes and say, hey, I just want to make sure it drains appropriately. Yeah. Because once you give them the money, you're never getting it back. <laughs> so, you know, that's one thing. And that's the major complaint, I think, with your thing from a lot of people is that the showers don't drain correctly. Yeah, they don't drink correctly. Well, that's some really good advice. You're the first person I've had on the podcast this particular podcast that we're doing about the grading. So thanks for sharing that. Um, and so let's talk about your kitchen because I think a lot of people love to cook. I love to cook. And I know that you are a C56 quad, which means uh, you can't use your hands that great. And you push your own wheelchair though, right? So you're right. Pu- So, okay. So why don't you just kind of go over uh, what you put in your kitchen? We can just start with maybe the stove. Oh my gosh. So I have a huge island, just to paint the picture for people, because when I explain myself, they'll be like, what? I have a large island, and it's 12 feet by 5 feet, and it's a granite countertop, and it's completely uh, open underneath the countertop. Oh, yeah. So there's, like, a large ledge that comes out, so I can, you know, maneuver underneath. And I have a drop-in glass stovetop, so I can actually roll under the stovetop. Wow. And I can control it. I have access to everything. I can reach everything, which is phenomenal. (laughs) And then to the right of that, I have a industrial oven, you know, because everybody's right. Right. I did say I was in culinary school. Nice. Industrial oven that sits on the top, and it actually opens the doors open kind of like butterfly I guess you would say I don't know how it how I yeah describe that so so it doesn't you know open and come out onto me and make it more difficult and then I have a roll under sink uh two of them actually one on one end that I can get to really quickly it's a little hand washing sink and then another one that's like a dishwashing washing sink nice and then I have a pellet ice machine that's And uh, there's like a touch operated, so it's easy for me to get water. Lots and lots and lots of plugs. (laughs) What kind? That's so so important. I think you, yeah, for anyone listening, make sure you put accessible outlets, at least like six in your kitchen that you can reach because most of the time they're far away and you can't reach them. I hate that. Exactly. And the most annoying places, I use them all the time, actually. So I put them all around the edge of the island. And I even use them to, like, plug my phone in and stuff. You know? Yes. Kind of absolutely. So, yeah. yeah I put in mm-hmm. And 
they do have those now with the plugs that actually have a USB connection, so cool. you don't have to be looking around the box. Yeah, those are nice. Cool. So, what kind of yeah. refrigerator? What kind of fridge do you have? Because that's always a decision to make as a quad and a wheelchair user. Yeah, for me, I kind of just roll around and like see how if I can open them. Okay. Like, and if I can open it relatively easy, then it meets the criteria. I never get. Um, they're always side by side. Okay. I get the one where it's like freezer on top and like fridge on the bottom. Oh. Because I find it easier to open the doors and like get into the doors. Really. On the side. Really. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I know everyone's so different. Maybe yeah. This is what I'm used to. But um, I also have, like, a deep freezer, too, that I, like, snag nice. things out of if I need them. And that makes it relatively easy. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, fridge. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. And so, and so you're, and so it sounds like, uh, gosh, your bathroom, then you just put a, a typical roll and shower. And so what other parts of your home did you make accessible? And you're talking about your backyard as well. Was that, like, a pretty cool? Yeah. I put in a lot of <laughs> I need to know this. Concrete. You Listen, that is so smart. I love that. Yeah. So when I have new caregivers and stuff, like, I don't have to worry as much. I can kind of watch and make sure. And it makes it easier for them. Like, I can, like, kind of keep an eye and be like, okay, by the way, there's this or that. But I rarely watch them. I mean, so in general, you know, looking back, because, you know, I think for people who are looking to buy, they want to, um, sometimes they try to buy an, a newer house versus an older house, or may, are you, do you have anything to say about that? Do you prefer newer homes, and then do you, you don't, yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Actually, if you buy a home after 1993, the standards have changed, so you will get wider doors. Okay. And, like, generally more accessible floor plans. If you're buying homes that were built after 1993, mm -hmm. and that's because that's when the ADA came into uh, fruition and made people change. So that was good. Now, um, home builders cannot actually charge you extra for like making things accessible necessarily. Oh, so really? If you're buying brand new, mm -hmm. that might be a benefit for you. A oh. lot of them will actually 
whiskey than offer to drop things lower. Like, as long as they're not buying more materials, you okay, know? Right. But if you're buying a brand new home, like here in Arizona, they'll happily work with you. They'll make sure that your the lights are lower or your cool. countertops are lower or you have, you know, that the plugins are higher. They'll work with you. So if you're buying brand new, that's something to consider. A lot of times they'll also put in like a barrier-free threshold for you which is lovely. Wow, um, nice. Those are the okay, yeah, that's a really good tip. Really wow. Yeah, we're good that way. Yeah. You, you should come out. <laughs> I, I'm coming out. I've been thinking about coming to Arizona. My grandma used to love to come out to uh, Tucson, Tucson, Arizona, back in the 50s and 60s. I have these photos of my grandma of like partying with her friends out there and on these like motorcycles and their crazy 60s outfits and like with like cactuses in the background. I've always been fascinated with Arizona. So I need to make it out there. Maybe when I come out there, I'll come visit you and we can cook together or something but (laughs) but oh my gosh I know god bless her unfortunately she passed on but she was a big fan of Arizona and that's why um it's fun to talk to you but so all right well if anyone wants to maybe talk to you online and has any questions about Arizona and like just homes in general how can like people get in touch with you Oh my god, I love I love it. Oops, I broke my neck. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, well I could I'm gonna have you on again one time because I would love to talk to you about how you cook and stuff because I think I would love to learn more about that. So Okay, well thank you again. Absolutely. All right, have a great night, Gina. Thank you. Hey everybody, thanks again for listening. I hope you really enjoyed the show. And if you have any suggestions for future guests, please give me a holler. Don't be shy. My email again is Tiffany Carlson, T-I-F-F-I-N-Y-C-A-R-L-S-O-N at gmail.com. All right, everybody, have a great rest of the summer and I will be back with you at the end of August.